If you've ever tried to evangelize someone, one of the more common responses you will get is someone who is simultaneously resistant to the faith, but also somewhat eager to justify themselves in the eyes of a Christian. And they'll say something like this, well, I don't go to church, but I try to be a good person. I guess it would be too snarky, but I've always wanted to say to someone like that, congratulations, you've met the minimum qualifications for being a human person. Almost everyone tries to do good as they define good. The question, however, that we have to ask is, what is actually good? It isn't as though a Christian is simply someone who does good as the world defines it on the one hand, and then believes a whole bunch of other things about Jesus and the Bible and the sacraments in heaven and all that, as though there were no necessary connection between our faith and our morality. Rather, being a Christian means that our very concept of the good is transformed by the encounter with the cross. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Chapter 5 of the Gospel of Matthew, which we just read, gives us the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the heart of the Gospel, not just the heart of Matthew's Gospel, but of the entire New Testament, which is the heart of salvation history. I remember as a youngster hearing the Beatitudes described in this way, as the central key of the Christian life, and thinking to myself, being a Christian means being a wimp and a loser, a nebbish, melt-toast kind of person that everyone else takes advantage of. People walk right over them, someone to pity rather than to admire. But a person who is living out the Beatitudes most fully is nothing like this. Instead, they would be the most adventurous, magnetic, and interesting person you'd ever want to meet. St. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The key to understanding this paradox of our faith is to see that the weakness and the insults and the persecutions that St. Paul speaks of do not just materialize out of thin air because we have been baptized into the faith. Rather, they come about because the person is trying to heroically live their Christian faith against a world that will not easily make a place for a genuine Christian witness. President Theodore Roosevelt once famously said, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, but who actually strives to do the deeds, who actually knows great enthusiasms and great devotions and spends himself in a worthy cause, who knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, or if he fails, at least failed while daring greatly, so that his place is never with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. What Teddy Roosevelt said is a good image of the Christian living the Beatitudes. A Christian should not be a harmless threat to no one threatening nothing. Rather, they are poor in spirit, even meek, because they have fought to the end of their rope. They've given everything and then some. 
It's like an athlete running a race who gives everything in that last 100 meters to get to the finish line. Whether they've won or they've lost, they're not jumping up and down celebrating because they're on the ground ready to puke their guts out. Winning hurts in that case just as much as losing. Or as Christ says, blessed are they who mourn. Well, in one sense, everyone is going to mourn at some point. Everyone will eventually lose someone that they care about, whether it's a family member or a friend or someone else. But those who mourn a lot, it's because they loved a lot. They've reached out and they formed relationships, not just with other safe people who die in bed of old age after a gentle retirement, but with people who, like them, were genuinely taking risks to live out their Christian vocation. People who, like them, were willing to suffer and to die for the faith. And they probably, too, form relationships with those who are, as Pope Francis is fond of saying, on the margins of society. People who themselves are suffering in one way or another and are in need of Christian compassion. Because of the nature of these things, some of these people will die early. Many of them will probably die tragically. And so the Christian who is genuinely living their vocation to the fullest will mourn a lot. But like I said, it's only because they dared to love a lot. As Christ says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Insults and persecution and slander are not per se signs of holiness. They are bad things, even unjust things, perhaps, but people can suffer these bad things while being unjust themselves. But the key phrase is, because of me. It's when we imitate Christ that very likely others will see fit to persecute us. Because Christ's kingdom is not of this world. The ways of his Father in heaven are not the ways of men and women in this life who are unredeemed by faith. It's the Christian who dares to say to the world, I must obey God rather than men, who sets to making right what is wrong and to protecting the weak and the innocent against the strong and the ruthless. And because of this, he feels the brunt of the world's oppression. Yet for the Christian, none of this counts. The only thing that counts are the words of our Savior. Blessed are you, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.